Hey, everybody. Welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty barbering and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, our guest is the most talented. I'm going to change that. Let me say the most multi-talented. Alfredo Lewis. Alfredo is a renowned colorist, educator, brand ambassador, brilliant content creator, an inspiration online and in appearances in classrooms and on stages, literally, and I mean literally, around the globe. Welcome to the podcast, my good friend, Alfredo Lewis. Hey, Gordon. Can we do that every day? (laughs) (laughs) It's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Um, So before we get started, I mentioned you are a brand ambassador. And um, yeah, I want to brag on you a little bit or let you brag on yourself maybe by mentioning some of the brands you are working with today. It is an impressive list. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, I'm a global brand ambassador for K18 Hair. That started uh, this year, and it's it's been incredible. Um, I feel like I've known them forever and in such a short time. Uh, I also am still with Matrix at L'Oreal, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working with a brand right now called Callisum. That's actually new, but I'm really excited. I'm going to be continuing. It's a hair loss and hair thinning uh, service and system. Um, I'm also with Bellamy Hair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and there's a lot of excitement. Um, I'm Babelist Pro. Yes, um, yes. I was about to step well, in and say I that. I their team this year. So there's a lot of new this year, a lot, a lot of new, exciting, budding relationships and some more surprises, I think, going into next year. So it's definitely, um, I'm definitely very grateful. Well, and, and, and I am grateful for all the stuff that you're doing out there with these brands and, and, and giving you the opportunity to create so much great content. I also have to say a million followers on TikTok. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Even I, I know it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great year. I I was not expecting that to be honest. I started, I was an early adopter of TikTok. I think you you know, we're great. Um, and then I kind of put it to the side. I had a nice little following, but then when I saw what's going on and, and I saw a lot of hairdressers struggling actually a little bit from that I've known for years, I thought, you know, let me try to figure this out. One thing I love talking and what I love on there is I feel like I can have more meaningful conversations sometimes uh, longer form videos, which is it's very up my alley. So I think that's that's kind of helped me thrive on there a little bit and try a lot of trial and error, to be quite honest. I have to say this, you know, I, I when I first really started paying attention to TikTok, you know, and 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 professionals were getting on there. So, you know, we were having a lot of conversations in the industry. And I kept looking at this after years of Instagram and Facebook and going, wow, it is so different. And, you know, at its core, and it's been written about a lot, it's entertaining. You know, it is an entertainment platform that has become also very educational, very inspirational. But at its core, you know, there's this entertaining element to it. And I just remember thinking in those early days, hmm, how are people going to transition from what we've been used to, which was a lot of different things, into this kind of new new platform? And I immediately thought, oh, Alfredo's going to blow up over there. Just blow up. Because really? you, you have – no, seriously, I'm being, I'm being totally truthful. Because – you even in even when you're doing really serious work which you often are doing you know there's just something about your your vibe and 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 your i don't know you have kind of a charismatic but entertaining um presence it's you know you know you get the importance of being in front of an audience and and not just being educational and serious but but you know letting your personality shine and i just think it's perfect for TikTok. you know i have to i think instagram in some ways is very curated um, yes, yes. whereas TikTok is obviously a bit more <laughs> unhinged, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, um, 
you're, I definitely can see what you're saying. It's really allowed me to show more of my personality on there. I think I have been able to do that on Instagram, which is why I've seen success. But on TikTok, I was able to take that to the next level and really connect with people like I've never been able to do before, you know, on Instagram. So it's, it's really, I'm having a lot of fun. So we always begin the same way. And that's to ask our guests about great advice someone else has given you. You've had a long career. I'm, I'm sure you've had lots of advice, but, but something that you think would be you know, powerful for our audience to hear. You know, the best advice I was given, I wish somebody would have given it to me. Uh, I've been doing this 30 years. I wish I would have gotten this advice. Maybe uh, I don't think I needed it in my first 10 years, but maybe in year 10, you know, be really careful not to burn bridges. You never know when you might need to recross them again. Even if you're willing to go back and try to make amends or own your part, because we all play a part in everything that happens to us. Not everybody is as emotionally mature to accept that as you might want them to be. So it's kind of better to just not go there in the first place. Um, and when things happen, you know, the, what I find is the more successful I've become in my career, no matter how great of a person you might be or think you are, or, you know, how kind things are going to come at you. People are going to come at you. Um, negativity, sometimes a lot of beautiful, positive things. And it's really how you deal with those situations. And it's not easy, no matter how you are, you know, I've fallen down so many times, you know, um, but that, that's probably the best advice I've ever been given. And I really now in my life at this time, and even, you know, I really think about those things when those situations come up and take a pause. It's hard to not react sometimes and be a little mm -hmm. bit more proactive about things and how I respond to things. Um, try to keep things, you know, as highbrow as humanly possible. So let's talk about reinvention. We talked about this earlier and before we hopped on to record. And, and I think, again, you've, you've had a long career. You've done a lot of different things. And I, it reminded me, you know, knowing so many people who've had long careers, that it is a, it is a very common trait that people have been doing this for more than a decade often do reinvent themselves as part of finding their way to their version of success, whatever that might be. Let's, let's just talk about that. And I think the best places to begin is let's give everybody just a quick peek at your career because you, you have reinvented yourself a few times in a really proactive way. Well, thank you. Um, well, yeah, I have. I mean, for people that don't know, my first 10 years of my career was in the salon exclusively, which I think is an incredible career. I could have kept doing that. But for me, I got to a place of stagnancy. Um, but I, um, I worked at the same salon in Beverly Hills and it was not easy. That's always sounds when you say that word, that city say, like, Oh, you know, he was, he was like, it was tough. I made $200 a week in the beginning. I had to work nights, uh, for about two years. I assisted back then there was no social media, by the way. So it was a very different time to build. I had to be present in the salon. Um, but I, I ended up working uh, on a lot of celebrities and, you know, eventually that did not happen overnight. I'm talking over the course of 10 years and it did start to blow up, but I got to this point. I think I was very young, too much, too fast. I was in my mid twenties. I started doing hair when I was 17. So I definitely gotten, you know, I would say some toxic traits, maybe if you will, in my personal life, just, you know, living the hairdresser life, going out all the time and living that fast paced life. And I definitely fell down and I came back and I was just feeling stagnant. I was going through the motions in the salon every day, you know, what, not asking my clients if they were happy, looking at their record card, applying almost robotic. And I just started to lose my, my drive. I almost quit doing hair. I had a moment where I'm like, you know, this isn't for me anymore. I'm not happy. 
Um, I was feeling kind of beat up, you know, at that time. And um, somebody invited me to a class. And I would say that was my first reinvention. I had never been to an education class ever. I'd never been to a hair show 10 years in. I studied at the L'Oreal Academy under Nancy Braun. But that Mm. was like when I was 17, 18, I was the youngest kid in the class. And I had to take that class to to work at the salon I was at. They were a L'Oreal salon. Um, And it was, I remember I was, I loved it. But in my mind, that's all I needed. You know, I was, and then when you start having that kind of caliber of clients and you're, I was book solid. They would book me every 30 minutes back then. So I'd do like, 15 clients a day sometimes back to back to back to back. And, uh, you know, I was color specialist. So I do the color, send it to the cutter and style. It was just constant, like, you know, factory. Mm -hmm. Um, And that class changed everything for me. You know, I I almost didn't go. I called the person and said, I'm not coming. I'm tired. I don't feel well. They said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to this by myself. I'm picking you up. Be ready in 10 minutes. Mm. Grudgingly went to the class and something magic happened at that moment. Um, something ignited in me, a fire that I thought had been lost. That person that taught that class just awoke something in me. And I wanted to make people feel how they made me feel. And that started my first unknowingly reinvention. I don't think you're as aware when you're younger, when you reinvent yourself sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to get involved in education and I moved salons to that salon. And that happened to be, I got lucky. The salon that created that product was Brazilian Blowout. Um, and I became an educator. I was one of their first eight educators. Um, and I started, you know, small in salon classes. The next thing you know, I'm at ISSE. My first hair show was on stage that I ever went to. And then, I, you know, uh, for me, like all the shows back then, I was I started doing platform work. Um, and then the next thing you know, they're asking me to go to Hong Kong and they're asking me to go to Australia and they're asking, you know, to launch Brazilian around the world. Um And that led to me becoming head of education for them. And then that was the next reinvention. I went from educator to a corporate executive working in an office part-time and still in the salon and finding that balance of client and corporate. So that was the next reinvention. Then I worked for a publication for a short time. Um, So that, I mean, that's a whole reinvention that didn't last long. That That wasn't for me. It just... I don't think I'm pressed. I'm a hairstylist. And I, I honestly think it was an interesting thought, but looking back on it, it just wasn't the right fit. And then I ended up becoming social media. <laughs> All that there was, I wasn't big on social media. I was, I started to become, I think I had 50,000 followers, but it was that, that year working yeah. to that. Um, and then brands started wanting me to work with them in a content creation. There was no video at the time. It was 15 second videos mm-hmm. and, you know, photographs. Um, and I started collaborating with artists and meeting all these incredible, uh, you know, influencers, if you will, and content creators and, you know, people around the U.S. And we would all come together and create content all day and do these big collaborations. And together we all grew because we would tag each other. And I'd say that was another reinvention. You know, social media is a whole job onto of itself. Um, and then it was working with brands. And then I, I started getting brand partnerships, you know, with Matrix. That's why it's been going to be almost seven years with them. Um, and then I started traveling the world with these brands as a, you know, ambassador. Um, I'm moving fast. It's a lot. And then it's a lot. Segway <laughs> to 2020, you know, a year that will go down in infamy forever for all of us. I was asked to come in as a vice president at L'Oreal, which is something I never went to college. I went to beauty school, no marketing degree. And to get an offer like that from the biggest beauty house in the world, 
be a vice president is like really unheard of. And I, I don't think I understood what it quite meant. It just sounded amazing and cool. And what I had done at Brazilian, I thought a small, more brand, but I thought, what if I could bring that energy into L'Oreal? You know, it sounded exciting to me. So I said, yes. Um, I learned a lot. It was amazing. It was an incredible few years, um, but it was also nobody could have anticipated that I would start my first day when we went into lockdown. So, uh, but I learned so much from packaging and formulation and working with labs and testing centers and claims and legal. And like, it was because I worked in the global division, um, which is, I, we don't need to get into all that for your viewers, but it's very different from country to global, which is more create it's creation, you know, it's research and development. Um, and I decided after that, that I really want, I can do my best work when I'm out here with everyone. Um, and that's when TikTok and everything started. And I thought, you know, I love, I don't want to be behind the scenes. I don't want to be behind a desk. I missed seeing everybody doing education, being on stage, but everything had changed. TikTok had been born and social media was changing so rapidly. You know, what, what did well before I went in corporate was completely different. So I had to figure it out. I, it had to get uncomfortable, like I said earlier. And I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I have to sort of change everything. Take the ingredients of what made me who I was, but how do I reinvent it and create it for today's market and what people want to see today and the Gen Z hairdressers and all these amazing younger talent that's coming out? What do they want to hear? What do they want to see? And that kind of brings us to today. And somehow I committed myself and hit a million followers on mm -hmm. TikTok which is insane, but I think it was a lot of commitment drive. And I'm a, I'm very determined when I set my mind to something. Um, and I almost have learned to thrive on being uncomfortable sometimes because I find that's where you have the most growth. And that's where I am now. Who knows, who knows what's next? I have no idea, but today things feel good. I want to add there's so much there. This could be, a, this could be like a five parter. Years, I was like, can I put 30 years in like five minutes? Let's do it. <laughs> so much. I think one thing that fascinates me knowing you as well as I do is, is that when I look at what you've achieved and, and I know kind of your backstory, you know, I, we didn't, we didn't mention that before you got into hair, you wanted to get into acting. And so oh, you, yeah. had, you, you had, an in, you had an interest in performing <laughs> and, and I connect the dots to that in a lot of what happens on social, you know, just being able to put yourself out there and feel really good about it. You enjoy being in front of a crowd. I do. I have to admit, I, I enjoy networking, meeting other hairstylists, being on stage. I love helping people mm -hmm. I, I love as giving back, but I do enjoy just that energy of being on stage, the nervousness. I still get butterflies and, my hands shake sometimes after all these years before I get up on stage. But then once I get up there and a few words come out of my mouth, it's like something happens and you just, all that goes away and you just kind of become one with the audience. And it really becomes for me about them. Like they are the most important thing. Trying to, my goal is always to let the one thing, can I say one thing that's going to resonate with these people that they're going to take with them, that's going to change their life in some way, big or small, even if it's small, it means something. And I think, uh, you know, I take what I do really seriously and I, and I, and I really do enjoy it. The acting. Yeah. I had, I had the leads in all my plays in high school. Of course you <laughs> did. I, well, you probably know, but I don't think, but most of your views, but I went to the Stella Adler Academy mm -hmm. too in Hollywood when I wanted to be an actor and I did learn a lot, but I found it was really tough. You know, I was going to probably be waiting tables. So I thought let's do hair. And if I do hair, Maybe I can do hair for movies and I can network. That's where my mind went, even mm -hmm, at 17. Mm -hmm. And maybe that'll be my way in. And uh, 
into into movies into movies yeah but i ended up falling in love with the art of hairdressing in school it happened in school which is tough not everybody loves their experience in school i actually did i found community i found a home with people i found acceptance you know growing up gay too the first time that i felt myself surrounded by you know humans but there was a lot of you know lgbtq like people around me that i i felt like this home, this family for the first time. And I really obviously gravitated towards that. And I think it ultimately led to my career path, to be honest. Love it. Yeah. I want to go back to, to when you were in the salon, because, you know, it's like that kind of first big reinvention seemed like it happened somewhat in the context of the salon because the salon had a connection to Brazilian, right? So, and I think we sometimes forget that we can reinvent ourselves often within wherever it is that we are, not always. But I think sometimes we don't think about the opportunity to reinvent in the near term, kind of a different version of who we are, where we are. Absolutely. I mean, I think the in the salon, it was becoming an educator at that salon and working in that salon. But I think sometimes it could be your specialty. Maybe it's time to wake yourselves up. And like for me, doing that service definitely changed me. It was something I wasn't doing before. But maybe you're specializing in color and you want to start cutting hair. Maybe you want to specialize in blondes or, you know, maybe you're doing all rainbow color. You want to specialize in, you know, blonding. Maybe you want to learn a new technique and have that become your signature. I think there's many ways that we can reinvent ourselves. It could also be just the way you run your business. How do you attract new clients? That's a reinvention of sorts. I mean, it it's not a one size fits all, but I think it's something that is the key to longevity in our industry. When, when you think about the business models that we talk about so often today, and people are moving from one business model to another, from a traditional commission salon to independence, as an example, you know, I, I think, again, when I think reinvention and successful reinvention, that often it's those who have kind of gone maybe a little bit down the traditional route just to get a really good grounding in the industry. Um, and the same around doing hair. I, I think so many people that have made it for the long haul start as a generalist. They, they want to know everything, you know, and then they make some decisions about specializations because it's hard to, to know what to specialize in if you haven't tried everything. What's your take on that? It's so true. I mean, it, it's changed so much since I started. When I started, I had to choose. Like, they didn't allow me to do both. Um, and so I chose color. Uh, being completely transparent with you, it's because I thought I could make more money as a colorist. That was really my first and foremost reason. Um, I felt like as a colorist, I could get busier faster. And I did love the chemistry aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But back then I I loved cutting too, but it was just, they, they forced us in today's world. When I do a class and I ask everybody, how many of you specialize? I do a lot of education with Philip Wolf, right? Uh, Incredible cutter, do a lot of partnering with him, obviously with brands and videos. And he's amazing, but we obviously specialize. So when we ask the class, almost 95% of the class does both now. Every class, I'm talking that. there's Love 500, that. 150 people, you know, those, the days of specialization are kind of a thing of the past, especially with the independent surge and studio suites and people going more, you know, booth renting and everything you're talking about. It's a different time. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, I've stayed in that realm and been able to be successful. Um, but I do think if I was solely in the salon today, I would have to reinvent myself and how I how I do my clients. Either Philip and I would have to open a salon together mm-hmm. and work together every day together, or, you know, it, I would have to reinvent the way that I do things behind the chair for sure. 
And again, I would apply the same to business models because I think it is tempting. I think back even 20, 30 years ago, everybody wants to own a salon. That's kind of the nature of, of people coming into our industry. But, you know, in the old school days, it was like, okay, great, you know, good for you. you now go work for a good salon and kind of get behind the scenes and see how you do it before you risk your money, your career, your family's money. I, th I think the same applies today. You know, again, go out there and learn about business. And then take that learning and apply it to whatever you want to do. You want to be an independent, go for it. But but your risk goes down when you've kind of got that that background. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you need to be a sponge, you know. I, and I and I do applaud. I know some of the younger generation they want to go out and be a business, you know, their own business and their own brand from day one. Like they want to get their license. And I see people going right into a studio with no clients by themselves. I don't know that I could have been successful and done it. it I see people doing it. But it's got to be tough, and I know social media can help. I, you know, it, it, but even that's tough. It's also tough. Um, but my advice would be definitely like take a business course, even if it's online. Like do something if, that, if that's your plan. Set yourself up for success, you know, um, because it's even whether you're by yourself or doing a salon with twenty people, or even if you're booth renting, you have to have a business savvy. And we, you and I both know that's something that's lacking in our industry, and why we see. People leave the industry sometimes because they don't have that business savvy that they need to be successful. Number one reason that people do leave the industry is money. You know, whether it's being successful in the business that they've decided to develop themselves, or it's just they don't have money, enough money, or they don't manage their money well enough, just working however they work behind the chair for somebody else. You know, money, you know, becomes a block in this industry and, and managing money well takes learning. You know, um, running your own business takes learning. I'm still learning. If I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm still learning. Well, when I was younger, I was a mess. You know, if I'm going to be honest, I mean, I, I think I didn't do my taxes for three or four years. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, a, I was a disaster as a young person. <laughs> Even when I was making money, I just didn't understand it. And don't worry, IRS, I'm, I'm all caught up now. And I, I make <laughs> early payments if you're listening, don't come out. No, but back then, I was more just ignorance, if I'm going to be honest. And I didn't have anybody like I met a mentor or somebody to help me with that. And, you know, um, it took me a lot of, of falling down and picking myself back up to realize like, Hey, all those things matter. Your credit, like I could go on and on, but like, if you want to open a salon someday, no one's going to let you open up a salon. If you have bad credit, if you're not paying your taxes, like if you're not, and I, those things sound so like, ugh, but it really is like keeping your, your house in order, whether that's a giant salon house or your little studio suite, you got to learn how to keep it in order or else money is going to become a huge issue, which is going to lead to your downfall for sure. How do you think about also assuming you can keep that house in order? And again, you want to have a long career. How do you think about keeping your eye kind of on your bigger goals in life? You, I think similar to me in many ways, you know, came, we can't, I'm not a hairdresser, you know, never have. But when I came in into this industry, like you, I was like, wait, I'm, this is home. Like I'm as a gay man, I was like, wait, you know, there's gay people here and, and people like the gay people here. And, you know, and when, and when I was growing up, I'm older than you, you know, it was not easy to be out. It was not, it was very unsafe often to be out. And so that's always been important to me. And I think as careers evolve, sometimes it's easy to forget the things that we love the most about what we do. And as things get difficult in life or as things get risky. So how do you, how do you think about that? Just keeping your eye on the prize, if you will. I think sometimes we have to bring ourselves back to the basics, if you know what I mean. Like there's sometimes I have to just like take a pause 
and reel it back in of like, why am I doing this in the first place? Um, I think for me, like at my level this year, it was like some of those hair saves that, I, that I've been doing. Talk about that for a moment. Explain what your hair saves are for those who haven't seen them and everybody needs to go see them after you listen to this. <laughs> I, I, I saw something on social media of a girl who had done a DIY bleach job and all of her hair broke off. That's how it started. I was with uh, another hairstylist named Alex Pardo, who's an incredible extension artist and hair, hairdresser. But we saw a lot of people kind of poking fun and doing reaction videos to her and like, see, see, you know, you know, hairdressers. Sometimes we take those things and run with it of like, this is why you have to go to the salon. And I just, I don't know what it was. We were like, let's help this girl. Like we can do better than this. Like, this is why we're hairdressers, like to help people in need, to make people feel beautiful, to pick people up when they're, when they've fallen down, like whether it's uh, maybe it's emotionally or, you know, the power that we have as beauty professionals to completely change someone's mindset. A lot of people don't realize the power that we have as hairstylists to serve people. That's our job. Um, and I think we did that for free. The brands were amazing right away. We were going to pay for everything, the flight, and they came in and wanted to help Alamy K18. You know, amazing, right, that they wanted to do that. But it really reminded all of us, everybody that was on set that day, Philip was there, amazing. Yvette, a makeup artist, Yvette on social media. We all just left that. We were like in tears at the end, like happy tears. Just like, this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And that was a big wake up call for me sometimes. And, it, and that was obviously kind of a big moment that happened, but I've done four since because now people are tagging me in these videos. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we did a bride. It was two weeks before our wedding and she was actually in a salon, Japanese hair straightener, all of her hair broke off two weeks before her wedding. She had people that were an inch long in the crown of her hair, biggest day of her life. And we flew her from Boston to Vegas and all came in. Um, and, you know, help save her hair. And, and she, to this day, I talked to her, she calls me and says, Hey, how are you? I just want to catch up with you. Like it's a friend for life. And it's realizing the relationships that we make in this industry with our clients and guests, especially when they need us most. Like if you have a client for five years or 10 years, there's going to be a time where that client needs you more than ever. And maybe some of the appointments are just a haircut, a base touch up. You barely talk. Maybe, maybe she's on her phone the whole time on a business call, but there's those moments where we can be there for a human being like nobody else can. It's a very intimate setting. And for me, that's when I, that's for me, what it, what it's all about when I need to bring it back um, in some way, it's kind of those moments of humanity. Sometimes you have to quiet out all that noise and remember, like ask yourself, why do I love this? Why did I get here? What was it that drew me to this profession in the first place? And that usually clears my mind and gives me a new, fresh outlook on things. I love that. And, and you know, there's a statistic that floats around that shows that the, the number one industry that people come from, where they're already a professional, they leave it and come over to ours, is nursing. And there's been a lot of studies done over the, the course of time that we're an industry filled with caregivers. And that most people early in their career, when you ask, why did they come here? It was because they wanted to take care of people. And I do think in long careers, it is, it is sometimes difficult to remember why we began to do what we did. And, and it is important to stay grounded in that. So funny that you said that, because when I had that moment after year 10, where I was going to leave the industry, that's what I was looking into. Mm. I was doing research of like nursing school and how long does it take and what does it look like? And um, yeah. And then I went to that education event and that, that whole idea was just put to pasture, but that was, that was where my head was at as well. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it's always interesting. It connects to so many people. 
All right. So last question for everybody is your best advice. Again, you've had this long 30 plus year career. You've done all kinds of stuff. You've met all kinds of interesting and fascinating and smart people in the industry and beyond. What advice would you have for our audience for those who are looking to have long, successful and, and, and importantly, satisfying careers? There's so much I could say, but the, <laughs> the best advice I would say is it's kind of a two prong, if you don't mind, but it goes with the reinvention. Lean into discomfort as much as you can. Um, there's going to be things that are seem so scary and so uncomfortable, and you're just going to want to resist it with every bone in your body. Don't do it. Every time I've done that is when I've had the most success and the most growth in my career. And try your best to do things with integrity while you're doing it, um, because that's going to make all the difference. And sometimes it may seem like that's not the best path because you might disappoint or what. Don't don't listen to those voices. Mm, mm. Do things for the right reason. Try to be kind as much as possible and lean into discomfort and try things that scare you. You know, um, you're going to see the most growth and have the most success. I love every bit of that. And I especially mention, I especially love that you mentioned integrity because I don't think we talk about it enough. It, and it takes many forms, you know, um, because we, you know, relationships are complicated. Work is complicated. You've got your relationship with clients and you've got the stuff that you do with, with your team and the people who are around you. But I think we don't talk enough about just how important it is. It kind of goes back to that don't burn bridges too. It's another version of that. I mean, for me, I think, because I'm so corporately connected and I'm working with these big brands and I'm a content creator, it's it's such an industry thing for me when I say it. But again, everything with me, like if someone's going, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not doing, it doesn't, I'm talking, those things apply if you're renting a chair in a salon or you're a commission-based salon, that, that you know, ideology or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's the wrong word, but it, it applies, you know. Yes, it does. That thought process, let's say, applies. Um, and, and it's definitely um, served me well. I've made decisions sometimes that I was so afraid to make because I knew it was going to disappoint or upset someone or possibly in my mind hurt me in some way. But when I've led with what I know in my heart is the right thing to do, it's been okay. And it's been uncomfortable and it's been scary. But you know what? I know that I'm a better person for it. And I know that I'm a happier person for it. Um, and the same goes with, and that that's uncomfortable, but also just business-wise, trying new things, going to classes, invest in your education. You know, they say only one to 2% of hairstylists invest in their education after they get their license. So yes. everybody, most people are me at year 10, but they're still, year, they're still me at year 20 and year 30. And so- I know it's uncomfortable sometimes to put yourself out there and to maybe, you know, say, well, I've been doing hair 20 years. No, trust me. I have people in our classes that have been doing hair for longer than I have that come to their first class and they leave and say, why haven't I been doing this my whole career? This felt so good. I was so afraid to come and I'm leaving here feeling like I'm on top of the world. You know, it's, it's the things that scare us the most that usually have the best reward. Riffing off what you just said, I think, you know, when I talk to people who have been successful for 10 years or more, there's almost always one common element. There's, there's many, but there's almost always this one. They continue to participate in education, period. It's just, it's almost unheard of that a person has been in this industry for 10, 20, 30 years and been successful that they are not continuing to participate in some form of education regularly. Yeah, I know it feeds my soul. I can't survive without it now. Like. I would not be where I am or who I am without education. It saved my life in more ways than one and my career. Um, I wish I could go to more classes. 
because I teach so much and I'm on stage so much. That's the worst thing as fellow educators that I know from different brands and industry, we all say to each other, I wish I had time to go to your class because, <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I can't, you know? Um, but next year, that's something I want to try to do. I want to try to go to one or two people's classes and just go as a student and learn. Um, and uh, I'm hopefully it, it gets so I say it, but it's so tough with the schedule. I'm so busy. But I'm going to really try to to push myself into that next year and, you know, show up at, at some classes because we all need it. I love that. And, and I will add one more thing about you that I know, and, and that is that classes or not, you're always learning stuff. And your experience in social media is such a great example. I know your early days in social when you were managing a team and recruiting a team of some of the biggest stars in social in the early days. And you didn't know social media from a hole in the ground. <laughs> but... You didn't. I mean, you did, but you didn't, you know, and, and but you, but you were <laughs> so you were fascinated with them and and kind of they with you and and you learned from them and with them. And it, it changed, so, it changed yeah. your life. It was so uncomfortable for me going back to discomfort. I had no idea what I was doing. I was shooting in the dark. Um, <laughs> I just knew that I had to do it. I knew that this was a thing and it was happening and I needed if I wanted to help the brand I was working for with B3 at the time that to be successful, I needed to figure out social media and do it fast. And so I jumped in head first and, you know, I'm so grateful to every single one of those artists. There was like 90 plus artists on that team that I mm -hmm. built yep. at the time, you know, went huge on, you know, social media analytics and all that stuff. So all the brands really took notice of what happened at that time. But just before we talked, I'm not going to say who, but, one of those people reached out to me out of the blue. I haven't talked to her in years and wanted my advice about something and to talk to me about something going on with her. And, you know, I hadn't talked to her in eight years, but I was so excited to hear from her and we had the best call and everybody I was with at that time. I think we all still have a fondness and a, and a connection with each other for the most part. Yeah. Well, again, so many opportunities to learn and, and, and often it's, it's outside the classroom. So, okay. So we're out of time, my friend. Um, it goes by so fast every time we talk. It we, does. We could go on and on. So, so tell people how to follow you. Tell people what you got coming up, where they might run into you. Share with us. <laughs> All right. So um, on TikTok, I'm Alfredo underscore Lewis. Um, I'm on Instagram still, of course. And it's the same, Alfredo underscore Lewis. Lewis um, on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Yes. Um, I post there still. Um, there is still a huge market on there and people to communicate with. Um, I'm Alfredo Lewis Hair. Um, I also have a YouTube that I'm trying to figure out, but I've it, obviously each one of these platforms is like a mini or honestly a full-time job. Um, but there's, there's that. And coming up, you know, I'm getting ready to uh, do more tour dates next year. Education, what we just talked about, it's going to be happening next year. Uh, I'm making plans with the brands that are huge, that are still in the works, but you're definitely going to see me on stage and out and about. Um, and the hair saves are going to continue that I spoke about briefly. I'm looking how to make that bigger. And there's some things that I wish I could share, but I can't share yet. But just know that uh, I'm leaning into discomfort again. I'm getting uncomfortable <laughs> and I uh, can't wait to see what develops and what comes. But I think 2024 is going to be a really fun and exciting year. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait to see. Can't wait. So let me say thank you so much to my good friend, Alfredo Lewis. He is a trailblazing leader and passionate professional brand ambassador. 
Oh, I, you heard all the brands. I'm not going to try to mention them again. Um, thank you, Alfredo. Always. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy these conversations with you. So anytime, 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 both ways. Ditto. Um, so to the audience, if you like what you heard, I encourage you to leave a rating and or review, hit the subscribe button. And of course, best yet, share it with a colleague to pay it forward, help others to find the podcast. And be sure to follow us over on Instagram as Beautycast Network, on Facebook as Beautycast. This has been the Mastering Beauty Podcast from Beautycast Network. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. I'm Gordon Miller, and I cannot wait to share more again with you next time.